Hello and welcome to the tech podcast from Huawei. In this five-part mini-series, we'll take you to Goodwood Future Labs exhibition, showcasing some of the biggest tech innovations right now. From the bottom of our ocean floors to space discovery on Mars and back, robot dogs, flying cars and the future of smart nutrition. Sit back and be truly inspired as we take you on a journey of tomorrow's technologies today. From the 1940s King of the Rocketmen, 80s Flash Gordon, to Tony Stark in the most recent Marvel Iron Man movies. Technology in the form of flying outfits and human flight in film has amazed us for years. With a suit more powerful than Ferrari, we met with Gravity Industries who are turning Hollywood dreams into reality. company that designs, builds and flies jet suits. So very much like in Iron Man, except it's completely real. We're here at the Festival of Speed premiering our electric suit. Um, we did our first ever public demo of that this morning. Uh, it has gone fantastically. It is right at the edge of innovation, right up until yesterday. We were testing the suit and today we presented it to the press and public. It's absolutely unmissable. So what is the inspiration behind human aviation? So for our founder, for Richard Browning, I think the main challenge was to challenge the status quo and to achieve the impossible. He also took a lot of inspiration from his late father, who was a maverick inventor, and human flight was one of his dreams. And I think a lot of the inspiration was there for Richard to make that real. So could you tell us a little bit more about the gravity jet suit um, and what kind of speed and heights it can reach? Yes, absolutely. So the gravity jet suit is 1,050 brake horsepower, so a lot more powerful than a Ferrari race car. Uh, we have set a world record at over 85 miles an hour. This is our second world record now. Um, we are confident we can go faster as well. Uh, in terms of height, we limit ourselves by uh, safety of our pilots. We go at around 15 meters. We have the capacity to fly much higher, um, but from an entertainment and safety point of view, we don't do that. Amazing, so there's huge potential for better and uh, quicker speeds. Um, what kind of materials go behind um, the development of a jet suit? So um, our earliest version was 3D printed in metal. We now 3D print in polymer and carbon fiber. Uh, so very advanced 3D printing technologies. Uh, we use jet fuel or diesel to power the fueled version of the suit. The electric one runs off LiPo batteries and electric ducted fans. So since your first flight, which I think is now maybe six years ago, um, how do you think this has evolved and what can we expect to see in the future of flying and human aviation? Absolutely. I think the technology has come a really long way. Um, we have a reel here uh, which shows our first six-second flight. Uh, that was in 2016. And whilst it was clumsy and very short, it was proof that we can do this. Now we're standing here today at the Festival of Speed. Uh, Richard has done, and our team, have done flights between ships, uh, marine boarding exercises with the military. We have flown at um, difficult weather conditions. We have flown in really different geographies and we have progressed the technology so far that we can maneuver the suit to a point where one of our pilots can land on a 10 pence coin. Oh, wow, that's really incredible. And you've mentioned the kind of military aspect there, but what other kind of industries are adopting um, flying suits? 
So there's a real range. One big uh, bucket for us is entertainment. So flight experiences and flight training with us. We were supposed to, just before the pandemic, launch a race series. So a mix of Red Bull Air races and F1. Uh, we are still going to do that uh, in 2022. Uh, we are also doing a lot of with social media, brand collaborations, uh, and so on. Obviously, military, as I mentioned before, and search and rescue and first response as well. Oh, wow. You can definitely see the huge potential there, especially for the emergency services. So could you tell us a little bit more about how the suit works and some of the features, um, especially like how it helps people to get up in the air? Absolutely. So we have what we call a tripod of thrust. You have two engines on each arm and a larger engine on the back that provides you with literally a tripod of thrust that propels you up in the air. Uh, you control your direction of movement by moving your arms. Uh, so the idea behind the suit is to use human ability to balance and move in 3D space as much as possible. So it's very much intuitive. It's a little bit like riding a bike. So what kind of tips would you give to an aspiring pilot if they were to try this for the first time? Not to overthink it. Uh, I certainly did when I first had a go and it's actually really intuitive and it's despite being so powerful it's actually a very peaceful experience and having this kind of roar at your fingertips is weirdly calming. <laughs> That's amazing and just to finally uh, wrap up what is your dream for the future of uh, the jet suit? So for, for me personally it's to inspire the next generation. We do a lot of work uh, with kids at schools and universities and in the STEM space and we would love to show people that it's important to challenge the status quo to push the boundaries out and not to be afraid to fail. It's very much the ethos our company has used to get to where we are today and we're just really keen to demonstrate that to as many people as we can. Lovely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. That was Maria Valdevisca, Chief Operating Officer at Gravity Industries, talking to us about their incredible flying suit and how she's challenging the status quo for women in tech. So, keeping with our movie theme, we go from Iron Man to the world of sci-fi and robots, notably Man's Faithful Companion. From Doctor Who's K-9, Battlestar Galactica Muffet, or Star Wars R2-D2, Okay, maybe not exactly a dog. I spoke to Oliver Hook, Test Facility Manager for Autonomous Vehicles and Remote Robotics at Race UK AEA, on how our feline friends inspired the design and technology used to support rescue teams during life-threatening activities like nuclear decommissioning or emergency response. In these scenarios, they call on Spot the Dog from Boston Dynamics, a robot dog that walks, climbs and even dances. We're here today with Goodwood with Spot the robot from uh, Boston Dynamics, which is a quadruped robot or a, a dog robot, as it's probably more commonly known. Um, so we're here today because we're working with this robot in nuclear decommissioning and other areas where we're looking to replace humans in dangerous or challenging environments. Spot is a very agile um, quadruped robot that is able of doing any terrain a human can do. Um, that makes it unique in the way that it can do tasks a human can do, like stairs, gravel paths, at the same speed a human would, which makes it a very practical real-world tool for actually getting people out of these places. We at UKEA, our background is in fusion research. Um, obviously, to achieve fusion, we've previously done decades of work in remote robotics. So that's remote handling of systems around the fusion uh, research. So we've stocked up hundreds of thousands of hours of real-world applications of doing remote robotics. Um, in that time, we've then spun out, realizing that a lot of uh, problems when it comes to robotics 
are very different problems with very similar solutions. So we look into what commonalities there are in different fields and then look to collaborate with people working in those fields. So on our campus, we've got um, jet engines, we've got autonomous vehicles, we've got robots doing nuclear decommissioning and nuclear fusion. Uh, we work with autonomous, um, autonomous and artificial intelligence systems. It's the same thing again where your problems might be very different, but your solutions are similar. So where we can work and join those industries together, we're finding great stuff together in um, actually getting that technology to go forward. So when we're looking at future of big fusion power plants, they're going to be large. They're going to need vehicles that drive around. So the work that's going on autonomous vehicles now is very useful for that. They're going to need ro robots to inspect and handle stuff. So work that we're doing in decommissioning is incredibly useful now in feeding into that. So it's kind of a, we look at things from a big, the robot industry is sort of a, a big melting pot of technology, all of which can be used for various applications. Brilliant. That's really interesting. And just for those of you who are listening in, um, Spot here has four legs um, and he's got kneecaps and everything. So could you talk about some of the features that Spot has here um, that, you know, will help him in dangerous situations? Yeah. So like you say, Spot's got four legs. Um, it's got cameras on its front back side to side. And those cameras help it see the world around it and judge depth and perception. So it can basically tell where it's supposed to put its feet. So when you as operator drive it, you tell it where to go and it will decide where to put its feet to achieve that. So if it hits gravel, stairs, anything like that, it can actually manage that task. Um, it's got motors all over it which help manage its balance. So if it does hit rough terrain, it can keep upright. Um, it can interact with the world. It can carry payloads. Um, and then it's obviously bright and colorful, which is attractive to the eye, but also is useful in a, uh, when you are putting into dangerous environments. Brilliant. And you just mentioned dangerous environments there. Kind of, can you give us an idea of the type of situations that you might deploy this robot? So the work we're currently doing is looking at it in a nuclear decommissioning environment at the moment. So we are looking to collaborate with academia and anyone really doing research into nuclear decommissioning. Uh, it's one of a range of tools we have where we're looking to use that to really advance that field. Um, in terms of other environments, it can be used. It can be anywhere. So our background is in nuclear fusion research where we're looking at making huge power plants that produce nuclear fusion energy. Obviously for that, you need a lot of remote robotics and a robot like this that can go anywhere a human can go is very useful for that. There's other industries like emergency response, uh, decommissioning, like I said, basically anywhere you might imagine where you would want to put a human where it's no longer safe to do so, the robot is fantastic for replacing them in that task. Brilliant, and you've just also mentioned about um, the importance of research and development here. Could you talk about a little bit more about the types of work that you're doing and in investing in academia? Yeah, so we are working with the robot in terms of it is a tool that we own and we are happy to collaborate with anyone in academia. So we work with several universities in developing technologies associated with the robot. So stuff like autonomous mapping, radiation sensing. Um, we are working with Oxford University quite closely. We've worked with Bristol University previously to actually deploy one of these robots into Chernobyl. Um, so anyone in academia or anyone in industry who is working in um, nuclear decommissioning, we're very keen to work with and sort of help to expedite that industry. Brilliant. Um, and where do you see this going? What, what, do you, what is the industry calling out for in the future? So the industry is calling out for a way of doing tasks that mitigate humans going into dangerous places. So Spot is a great example of where robotics are becoming more practical to do so. So previously, if you wanted to replace a human task with a robot, it could get very expensive and the task can then become a very long process. And then you might still need to use one or two humans in the field to actually monitor it. 
despite being so mobile, it can deploy and do a task relatively quickly, making it an actual practical decision for you as someone who owns a nuclear plant and deploy people to go, it's safer to use the robot, it's as practical to use the robot, let's use the robot. So Spot is a great example of this, and there's other robotics coming into the field, all of which we're very keen to start working with and making that sending robots to replace humans in dangerous and challenging environments something that's more practical and used widely. Brilliant. Can you tell us anything more about the, the new robots you've just mentioned? Yeah, so we're basically looking at um, research and development with anything that's coming online that makes that task easy. Well, not easy, but um, sort of more achievable. So Spot's a great example of something that's hit the mass market now. Um, in terms of stuff we look to use, stuff that is off the shelf is always best because it's accessible and it's easy to everyone. It's much easier and cheaper to put two off the shelf items together and make them collaborate than it is to try and come up with something from scratch. A lot of the times we do have to come up with scratch to solve problems, but um, it is always good when we can do something like this. So we're always keeping an eye on what's being done in the field and who we can work with to try and expedite problems where we can. Awesome. So we might be seeing a flying spot at some point, maybe. That would be very cool. <laughs> Great. So what's the favorite thing that Spot does? From a robotics point of view, stairs is an incredibly impressive task. Um, if you use ground robots, it can be very difficult and take a very long time. Um, whereas Spot on its controller has a stairs button. You go to the bottom of the stairs, you press stairs, and you walk up the stairs the same as a human would. From a robotics point of view, that's incredibly impressive. Um, from a personal point of view, the way it moves and operates and occasionally dances is just this really engaging thing. And when we're at a, a public event like we are today, and you can actually see people engage with Spot. You can really see that interest in not only technology, but robotics picking up as well. Yeah, I agree. I think just looking at it and the number of people that put their eyes on Spot right now, you can just see it's just it's, it's a robot, but it's adorable in the way that it moves and it's just drawing all, all of the attention. Off the back of the um, great work that you guys are already working on in terms of UK academia, could you tell us more about the STEM program you guys are working on? Yeah, certainly. So like I said, when it comes to robotics and looking for wide fields of development pools to work in, um, we recognize that people of different backgrounds and cultures always have different ways of looking at things, which make it incredibly valuable. Um, at UKAA, we highly value inclusion and diversity. We have ambassadors in every department that look after this. We have an inclusion and diversity champion, and it's something that we like to think is in our, we're making part of our daily DNA. As well as that, there's obviously the opportunity for future generations. So at UKA, we recruit and work with every level from graduates to apprentices, outreach in schools, uh, technology fairs. And a big thing we try to identify is obviously when you go to something like a science fair to try and excite a mind that's already interested in science, you can do that and you can draw attention to what you do. But when it comes to potentially going somewhere off the beaten track to try and get a young mind that might not know that science is an option for them, the ability to kind of open their eyes to that as a potential is something that's really exciting, something we really try and do value in. It's been amazing to hear from a couple of companies that are really pushing the boundaries in terms of technology. And whilst we can recognise these things are from the movies, who knows just how far they'll go? Just don't forget the popcorn. Make sure you subscribe to the Tech Podcast to be the first to know when a new episode is out. Join us for the next one when we'll meet the dreamers who are making our digital worlds reality. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time.